Welcome to the Northbrook NextGen Podcast. A podcast created to help the next generation and the parents and influencers who love them. And now on to today's show. All right. Well, welcome back to the Northbrook NextGen Podcast or welcome for the first time if you're new. Um, I am John Malstead. I'm one of the pastors uh, here at Northbrook that works in the youth ministry. And today joining me is Janelle Mosley, uh, one of the youth pastors here at Northbrook. Hey, parents. How's it going? How are you, Janelle? Good. How are you? I am doing good. And I'm super excited about the topic we're going to be talking about today. Yeah, same. Uh, smart parenting for smartphones. Yes. Um, but before we get to that, for those that are new to the podcast, um, let's maybe introduce ourselves. So what should parents know about Janelle Mosley? <laughs> well, um, I love my job. I love being a youth pastor. Um, it's just such an honor and a joy to work with you parents who are listening to this and also your students. I mean, I just have such a heart for students that, and I've been in youth ministry for about five years now and still loving it, still going strong. Um, I just love being around students and seeing them grow and um, seeing them and helping them be the best person that they can be. So I'm excited to be here and I'm excited to talk about this specific topic because it it is so relevant in their worlds right now and it is so important for us or for you guys <laughs> as parents to um, feel equipped on how to navigate this area of their world. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, and uh, so about me, uh, my wife and I, we've been married for almost 14 years now, and uh, we've been in youth ministry for 15 years. Uh, we have three amazing kids, so we have a daughter in middle school, and we have a son who is nine, and we have a daughter who is six. So um, we are definitely in the middle of the parenting years, and um, this topic Smart parenting for smartphones is definitely something that we're wrestling through, not only as it pertains to other parents, but as it pertains to our own lives and our own children. Yeah, and we have a feeling this honestly might be probably one of the most listened to episodes that we put out because of how much of a hot topic this is. Yes, absolutely. So, um, yeah, just a little bit about how, uh, how I got um, interested in this topic. Um, so as I said, I've been a youth pastor for about 15 years and seven or eight years ago, I just started noticing um, how smartphones were playing such a huge role in teenagers' lives and how it was affecting um, everything in their lives. And so I began to research and read books and listen to podcasts. And my wife and I, we would go to conferences and share things we were learning. Um, and through all of that research, through all the digging, um, it just became so clear that this is one of the main battlegrounds uh, for students' hearts and minds. And um, smartphones um, are affecting everything in their in students' lives, uh, relationships, uh, their mental health, their jobs, their ability to be creative. Mm -hmm. And so um, it became clear to me that I really needed to research this topic. And so I've um, done a ton of research on uh, smartphones, uh, the good side. And maybe the not so good side, the things to celebrate when it comes to smartphones, the things to be aware of, and I'm excited to share that some of uh, some of those findings mm -hmm. uh, with you today, parents. What about you, Janelle? What's your journey been with um, researching this topic? Yeah, well, like I said earlier, it's just so important to be aware of what and what this 
whole world of technology and this whole world of smartphones, um, how it affects our students because it's crazy the amount of information they have access to every day and, and just the power that they hold in their hand with smartphones and and not just smartphones, just like all technology. It's crazy. Um, and so I feel like to do my job well, I've really had to learn how to help parents navigate this um, this whole topic. And, and it's just, it's honestly, you can't really do youth ministry without learning about how technology affects students and how to parent um, with a student that has a smartphone and has access to technology. You know what I mean? Yeah. 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 That's, yeah. So good. Yeah. So parents, today, uh, the plan is we are going to share with you, uh, first off, just some observations, some data, some findings about smartphones, um, the reason this podcast is necessary. Um, so just real quickly going to share with you some research that we've discovered. And then we're going to spend the bulk of our time trying to give you just some practical um, steps, some practical tools to help as you navigate um, the smartphone world and helping your uh, child or children uh, use their smartphone well. Um, and so that's the plan today. Nothing we're about to say is original with us. It's been picked up through books and podcasts and research. And so we'll try to link to some of that in the show notes um, if you're interested in diving more into this topic for yourself. So let's start with some sobering observations. Um, it hopefully comes as no surprise to you that there are there's definitely a negative uh, side to uh, the smartphone that almost every student has in their pocket. And um, you know, a few years ago there wasn't a whole lot of data. Uh, there was just kind of people guessed at what smartphones were doing to to young people yeah. and even adults, even honestly. Yeah. Um, but thankfully. There is more research that has been done even in the past few years. Um, that's the good news. The bad news is a lot of the research <laughs> is showing a problem. Um, oh, and man. Yeah. And so, <laughs> um, so some, some observations about um, young people, and um, I'm just going to call them Gen Zers. Um, the, the, the young people today are referred to as Generation Z or iGen. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they are, they are the most... Um, connected generation to ever walk the planet, mm-hmm. uh, meaning that they through the smartphone or computers or iPads, they are, they can they can look up anything, they can find anything, they can see a video from someone in China. Like they're they're more connected than any generation, but they are also more lonely than any previous generation. Isn't that funny how those two things go hand in hand? Yeah, you wouldn't think it, right? At first, you'd be, oh, they're connected. They're then they're not lonely. They're thriving. They're thriving. Yeah, <laughs> they're living life. <clears throat> but and this isn't just this, again. This isn't just um, conjecture. This is actually in data in surveys um, that this generation is coming up as the most lonely generation. And again, that is linked to uh, smartphones. It's linked to technology. All the connection is not actually helping them form meaningful relationships yeah and it's crazy too i'll just add this like after i read some of that research like when i when we have student ministry you know when we're hanging out with students you can just tell like they are craving real connections and they are craving um yeah just those real connections with people that aren't quite the same over technology it's it's kind of mind-blowing to actually see it in person too yeah yeah, I think one of the saddest things that I've noticed just in 15 years in youth ministry is it used to be when a kid walked in and they were by themselves in our student ministry, um, they would, you know, they might go and sit on a couch 
or you know they might you know not really be really sure what to do but you could tell they were they were just waiting to be invited into something yeah. whereas now when a student walks in they plop down on the couch they pull out their phone and you can just see how lonely they are but but it's almost like they just don't know what to do next. Yeah, they don't know how to interact because they're so used to connecting with people on their phones. Yeah, yeah, and you, you can just see it. Um, all right, so uh, an, another interesting uh, fact about teenagers today, uh, is their attention spans due, again, to technology have gone from 12 seconds, um, and that was around 2000, that they had an attention span of 12 seconds, and today that attention span has been cut in half to six seconds. Um, and so uh, definitely um, important to realize that um, staring at a screen has, has hurt their ability to focus. Mm-hmm. Um, more than that, they are on the forefront of the worst mental health crisis that we've ever seen. Uh, according to Dr. Michael Leahy, um, Dr. Michael Leahy said, today's typical high school student endures the same anxiety level as a psychiatric patient did in the early 1950s. That's so crazy. Yeah, it's sad, shocking, sobering. I don't I don't even know. What, I almost like or, don't believe that. Yeah. Like, that's crazy. Yeah, it is. And when you dive into the reason why, um it all points back to smartphones, um technology. Um their their world is overwhelming in many ways. It's cluttered with information coming at them at the rate of a thousand messages a day through text, through email, through mm-hmm. social media, through news articles and YouTube videos, TikTok videos, as just so much that uh, can begin to feel overwhelming, even if it's all good. Um, and usually it isn't all good information. Usually there is sad information. But even if it is, uh, so much information is just not healthy, even if it's funny videos and um, texts from friends. A lot of information leads to feelings of being overwhelmed. Yeah. Um, social media, when we get into social media, there's a lot of links to um, the more social media, the more chance of depression, uh, the more chance of loneliness. Um, and so there's a lot of, a lot of when we get into social media specifically, uh, there's a lot of links um, to um, negative findings. The more social media a student is on, the more lonely and depressed they're likely to be. Mm-hmm. Which again is interesting because you think, oh, it's social media. It's going to make them feel happy and connected. But um, that's actually not the case according to data. Yeah, yeah. Um, and lastly, one, one last negative thing before we stop beating up on smartphones and move on. Uh, smartphones have led to a pandemic in porn. And I don't use that word lightly, pandemic, but it really has opened the floodgates uh, to pornography addictions because now um, – it is just so easily accessible yeah. to teenagers. Yeah, it's literally in their pocket. Literally in their pocket. Yeah, and so those are we could we could honestly spend a whole podcast just talking about the data. But I don't think you're here. If you're listening to this, you probably know there's some negative downsides to um, to smartphones. And so um, enough beating up on smartphones. Let's move on to some helpful um, ideas and. Uh, tools. I will say one more thing that's really interesting, though, before we move on, and that is that uh, a lot of the creators of technology and social media that live out in, in the Silicon Valley and live out west, what's interesting, if you read articles, a lot of them are not allowing their kids to have smartphones, 
to be on screens and to have social media. That tells you something. It tells you everything, right? Yeah. The creators of the content do not want their kids to have it. Oh my god. Um. So, like, I could, we probably could have just said that and moved on. Like, that, the podcast is done. Have alone, a great day. Yes. That alone is enough, right? So, obviously, something's going on, and um, you know, I think it's safe to say. I know, I know you, Janelle. We we both like. Our smartphones. Yes. We're not anti-smartphone. We're not like, let's go back to the days of no technology. Um, I but, need my GPS. Right? Yes. <laughs> yes. I, I love watching the Brewers on my smartphone. Um, but all that to say that we need to be aware of the downside. And so um, so here we go. Let's give you some practical tips, some tools. And our prayer is that at least one of these will just stand out to you and be an encouragement to you and helpful as you navigate this topic with your kids. Anything you want to add, Janelle, before we dive in? Um, no, I just, uh, I really am excited to dive into this stuff because, you know, I think a lot of times we we start our podcast with the why and it can be kind of discouraging. So parents, make sure you don't stop listening. This is where we give you the tools to help you and to equip you to be um, the best parent and navigate this with your students as as um, best as possible. So um, I'm ready. Let's go. All right. So our first uh, thought for you is make it personal, um, which is one of the values that we have here at Northbrook. And make it personal basically is the idea of leading by example. And I'll be honest, uh, this this one got me, even as I was researching for this podcast, Same. Yeah. I realized that I was actually not leading my daughter, who's a middle schooler, who doesn't have a phone yet, but it's coming soon. Um, I realized I wasn't really modeling healthy phone habits. Yeah. Um, some of the things that we're going to talk about, even in this podcast, I was like, ooh, ouch. <laughs> yeah, I can totally relate to that. Like, I think sometimes for my husband and I, it's a little easier to get away with those habits because we don't have kids yet. So... We don't have anyone watching us. But then when I go to youth group, I have all these temptations to, like, check my phone. And I have to realize, no, like, I'm asking our students to be present. Like, I need to do the same, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And so I guess maybe that's a great place to start is that we're not perfect in this. And so all that we're saying, uh, all that we're going to be saying and encouraging you parents to do. um, We're in this together. We're in this together. And so uh, make it personal. Wow. Yeah. Lead by example. We, we the, One of the best things that I think we can do as parents is just model healthy smartphone habits ourselves. Yeah. And what does that look like? Yeah. So I think we're going to get into that. Um, but for me, you know, for me for personally, I realized that I was checking my phone a ton when I was bored around the house, which is one thing we're going to encourage you parents to um, help your, your student not do. And so I realized I needed to put the phone away in the kitchen um, where we keep our phones and just be more present with my kids um, and not use my phone for boredom. And so I don't want my daughter to do that when she gets a phone. And so I I need to lead by example in that. And so, yeah, one of the best things we can, you can do parent is just check yourself and make sure that you are leading by example. I heard a, um, a story that really gave me pause a while back about a youth pastor and he was taking his son to a football game um, and they, the, they were so excited and they were in the car and he realized that he had forgot his phone and he got super bummed because he wanted to take pictures and, you know, he was like, oh man, you know, now it's, it's not going to be as good. I'm not going to be able to take pictures. And when his son realized that he had forgotten his phone, his son actually got excited 
And his son said, Dad, I'm glad you didn't bring your phone. Now you can be with me at the game instead of telling your friends on Facebook you're at the football game. Yeah, yeah. Ouch. You know what I just thought of, too, is that that's kind of why people hire photographers for weddings is so that they can be present that whole day and they don't have to worry about capturing the moment. And it's just all about soaking in and being present. Yeah. 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 And so, yeah, parents, whatever that looks like for you, you know, depending on what season of life you're in, maybe uh, maybe you have some unhealthy habits with the smartphone. Maybe you don't. But just starting with looking at the habits you're modeling for your kids when it comes to the smartphone um, and making it personal, leading by example is our first is the first thought for you. Mm hmm. That's so good. Um, and so I'm going to dive into the second tip that we have for you guys, which is to keep talking about it. You know, I think that a lot of times we think that, oh, technology is just like what their world is. But it's so important for us to keep those conversations going with our students and, and to help them verbalize how it makes them feel, like and acknowledging, you know, what their what information they are receiving and processing. Um, and because they don't actually need to be given more information. They just need to be given um, the help to process the information that they're receiving. And so it's really important for us to talk to them about like what they're seeing on social media, especially because nowadays you know, people can really manipulate what they portray themselves uh, as on social media. And so I think it's it's really important for us to help students recognize all of that, um, all that they're receiving on their Instagram feed or what they're seeing on Facebook or Snapchat. And, um, you know, just talking about what people post on social media and like, maybe was that a good idea to post that on social media? Um I know I remember one of my professors in college talked about too, and this is before smartphones, is um, when they were growing up and they would watch, you know, movies like Disney princess movies, which also don't portray things in the most realistic way, if you think about it. Yep. I don't know if you've had that thought too, Pastor John. Um, but she said we would watch movies. We wouldn't let, let like keep them from watching like certain movies. We would watch them together and we would pause the movie and I would talk to my daughter and say, hey, is this whole idea, this romantic situation, is this realistic? Like, what is unhealthy about this situation? And so, she, yes, her daughter was, like, a little annoyed that it would be like, oh, mom, let's just watch the movie and let's stop pausing it. But it was really good for her to, like, have those conversations with her daughter and stop and recognize what information she was receiving and help her be proactive in thinking about it instead of just, like, numbingly receiving it. That makes sense, um, and it's important for us to continue to have conversations about screens. Uh, you know, over time, it's not this one and done thing. Just like the sex talk, it's not a one and done conversation right. to have. It's a it's a constant dialogue because it's ever changing. Yeah, yeah. You know, just looking for opportunities to have the conversations with your son, your daughter, um, and and being intentional about it. You know, the other. Um, the other day I heard a really good message on technology and so I was intentional and the next time that my middle schooler and I were in the car, I just told her about what I had heard and yeah. asked her what she thought about that. And I even went so far as to tell her like, oh, I'm feeling a little convicted. I need to, you know, I don't want to be addicted to my phone. Yeah. And so, yeah, just having those conversations, like you said, Janelle, mm -hmm. um, is, is such a healthy, healthy start um, to, to just help, help your son and daughter think about what they're consuming yeah. on their phone. Instead of just consuming it. Yeah. Yeah. Even asking questions like, do you feel better now that you've spent 30 minutes on social media? Mm -hmm. Do you actually feel happier now that you 
binge uh, a show on your phone, like whatever. Yeah, and even asking them, like after they, like let's say they go to a summer camp and they leave their phone at home and they come back, ask them how they feel after not being on technology for so long and like help them recognize that feeling of maybe a little bit of freedom there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. listening to podcasts together, watching uh, The Social Dilemma on Netflix. Such a good movie. Go watch it tonight. Yeah, highly recommend. And just having those conversations over and over and over, um, so healthy. Yes. Good stuff. John, what is the next tip that we have for parents? Yeah, so um, think about a smartphone uh, as a level of responsibility or levels of responsibility. Mm, That's good. So, and what I mean by that is um, sometimes parents will ask me, like, when do you think my son or my daughter should get a smartphone? Like, when should I give them a smartphone? And I understand the question, but I think there is a better question. Yeah. Um, and the better question is not when, though, though that obviously you do have to wrestle with when you want your uh, child to have a smartphone. I think the better question is when they get the smartphone, what is, how am I going to help them grow uh, and become a responsible user of their smartphone? Mm, yeah. Uh, because if you think about it, most important things in life, there is a process um, there, there are levels um, of responsibility that, that a person goes through. There, there is training. Um, so, for example, you think about when a, when a child gets their license and are able to drive. Um, we, as a society, we don't just hand a teenager keys to a car at 16, hand them their driver's license and go, good luck, figure it out. Um, rather, no, we have classes <laughs> um, behind the wheel, right? Like there's this whole process so that they can be a safe, responsible driver. And even once they get their license, there's still restrictions. There's times when they can't drive, um, you know, they can't they can't drive with a certain amount of friends in the car, and there's still all these restrictions. And when it comes to a smartphone, I think it's healthy to think of it much in the same way. Yeah. That rather than just handing um, a teenager a smartphone and saying "Good luck, go nuts," um, but rather helping them slowly um, increase the responsibility that they have with their phone. Uh, so maybe at first it's really, um, you know, limiting the amount of apps that they can have on their phone, mm-hmm. um, limiting their time on it, asking them a lot of questions about why they're on it, what they're doing on it, um, but just helping them slowly, slowly um, have full control over their smartphone. Uh, maybe even part of it, it's making them watch The Social Dilemma and having conversations with them. But mm-hmm. like creating a process um, to onboard so to speak, your child, your student, into fully having uh, and being responsible for a smartphone. Yeah, that's good. Love that. Um, And then the next tip, we're going to jump right into the next one, is to stay cool. Which, what we mean by that is, I think a lot of times, you know, it's the hope is that your student will come to you when they want to share something with you, especially when it comes to social media. I feel like students get put in awkward situations or they receive information that maybe they didn't really like expect to receive or they didn't want to receive or you didn't expect them to receive. Um, And it's really important for you, especially early on to um, stay cool when they, when they open up to you about things. Um, we just had a training actually with our adult leaders last Sunday that we said, freak out on the inside, 
stay cool on the outside. Yes, so important. <laughs> yes, and and to not overreact because that's really going to determine how safe they feel with sharing things with you. And you're their parent. Like, you should be the person that they go to with these kind of conversations. Um, because let's be honest, they're probably going to receive a picture from a friend that, you know, that's not appropriate. Or they might be asked to send pictures that aren't appropriate. That's just how... Um, it just happens, and, and yep. it's part of being a, a part of social media these days, unfortunately. Um, and so make sure that you don't portray those conversations as something negative so that they can feel safe to enter into those things with you, and you can help shepherd and guide them through those situations. Um, and it's important to have an open line of communication so that um, they can just come to you whenever they need and, and be glad that they did leave the conversation being like, okay, yes, mom and dad have my back. I can really come to them with this. They have my best interest in mind. Yeah, absolutely. That's so good. I think, um, when it comes to smartphones, it's not a question of if it's a question of when yeah. something bad happens, it, it may be their fault. It may not be, but something bad is going to happen. An inappropriate picture is going to be sent them. Um, someone's going to bully them, something bad's going to happen. And if they think you're going to freak out because you freaked out in the past, the last thing you want them to do is hide that from you. Mm -hmm. And so totally agree. Uh, We have a value here at Northbrook, fight for the relationship. And when it Mm -hmm. comes to um, what they tell you, when it comes to their smartphone, fight for there to be that open communication by not freaking out. Mm -hmm. So good. All right. uh, So the next idea for you, next stop we have for you, Um, is have as many do's as don'ts. When it comes to smartphones, have as many do's as as don'ts. And what what we mean by that um, is I think it's so easy to have a long list of don'ts when it comes to smartphones, right? Uh, Don't befriend strangers on social media. Don't send inappropriate pictures. Don't be on your phone all day. Um, Don't look at porn, right? Like don't, 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 don't. Um, but I think it's important to recognize that there, hopefully there are some, some things that we're encouraging when it yeah. comes to smartphone phone use, um, some do's. And so creating a list of do's saying, hey, this is what we, we do want you to be doing with your smartphone. Um, we do want you to be uh, texting grandpa and grandma or FaceTiming yeah. grandpa and grandma and encouraging them or, or saying mm-hmm. hey to them. Mm-hmm. Um, we do want you... Um, encouraging your friends if you are on social media, mm-hmm. um, commenting on their pictures and, and you know, using technology for good. Yeah, like, for example, the measuring app on my phone, I literally use it, like, every day. It's so helpful. Wait, what's that? Tell them tell them what the measuring app is if they're not familiar with that, Chanel. <laughs> the, you literally, it's like a ruler on your phone. and Or you can, I think you use the camera with it. Also, the level app where you can, instead of having to buy, like, a level to, like, when you're hanging something on the wall – Hey, it comes in handy. There you go. Money from buying a leveling tool. Absolutely, yeah. So, yeah, yeah. Use your phone for home projects. Absolutely. <laughs> um, but yeah, have have some do's as well as uh, as well as don'ts. Have some things that you are um, encouraging them to do. And what's uh, I heard recently, someone described it as um, a smartphone. Uh, is like eating food. And at first I was like, um, where are they what? going with this? But then they explained like w- when you eat food, there are different types of food. Like there's food that's good for you. And when it comes to smartphones, there are apps that are actually good, right? Like FaceTime and Grandpa and Grandma, that's a good thing. Um, using the leveling <laughs> and the measuring tool, like, that's actually a good thing. Um, and then there's some food that's not necessarily horrible for you yeah. or good for you. It's just kind of like it's, it's, it's in the middle ground. And so there's some things with TikTok. Yeah. There's, <laughs> there's some smartphone apps that are, that are, um, some things with the smartphone that are just kind of there. They're not good or they're bad. 
and then there are then there are things that are junk food. They're just apps that are like in moderation, they're fine, yeah. but a ton of them um, and they're bad. So like social media would be probably like a junk food app if you do a lot of it, right? It's yeah. not really good for you. Um, and so just helping helping your student be aware of the good things mm-hmm. and not and not all not just the bad things. Yeah. Um, so have as many do's as don'ts. Think about the things you're going to encourage them to do with their with their smartphone. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, and then the next one we want to dive into, I'm actually really passionate about this one, is to help. And I kind of talked about this a little bit in the last uh, tip that I was talking about, is to help them see the lies that social media sells. Because it's just crazy how people can be having the worst day ever and they post one picture and they, you know, caption it, you know, today's great, like loving life. And like you just think they're thriving, but it's literally such a lie. Yeah. Yeah. Or people, you know, go on vacation and they post the the 10 minutes of vacation that were great, but then you don't see the the rest of the 10 hours of vacation that were just average. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's just so crazy. And it's funny because... I've seen people like social media influencers post like videos explaining what all goes behind their posts and it's crazy because you think people just snap these photos and they like post it and it's like whatever but like people really put their time I could go on this I don't know about this forever but um, because it's really easy for students to fall into the trap fall into the trap of comparison with social media and yeah you know and also looking to their uh to define their worth from how many likes and follows they get and i'm not gonna lie i've fallen to that trap before like yeah I, the other day i lost five followers on instagram and i was like oh what happened you know like yeah. it's just so easy for them to just really fall into the trap of putting their identity and their worth in in all of those different numbers that you see on social media um and they fall into this lie that they'll be happier with social media because they think that's how they get connected and they feel like if they're not on there, they're missing out because that's their world they're, that they're living in right now. And they think that, you know, if I'm lonely, I just need to go on here. I need to get more likes. I need to get more followers. And also, I heard someone say the other day that research is showing that, like, when you ask kids these days what they want to be when they grow up, a lot of them say they want to be a social media influencer. Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, but they they don't understand, yeah, what what all goes into, yeah. like you said, just even taking one picture. Like, it's not as glamorous no. as, as it looks. Yeah. Yeah. I was actually listening to a podcast the other day, and they were talking about how um, companies now that are developing apps on smartphones, they're actually bringing consultants in whose sole job is to help them make the app more addictive. Wow. So even just having conversations with, you know, your child about that and helping them see like, hey, that that free app you downloaded, mm-hmm. their whole goal is to get you addicted to keep coming back to it. And so even just helping your child. Candy crush. Right? Like (laughs) even just bringing awareness to that. Like it's not to say you can't play those, you know, use those apps, but at least have the awareness of nothing's free. So if an app's free, like you're the product and there's a reason they're trying to make it addictive and free. So sad. Yeah. Hmm. So good. Um, So a couple other lies uh, that are important to help students see through when it comes to smartphones um, and social media. Uh, one of the big ones that I think some students have fallen into the trap of believing is that what they do now on social media won't matter a few years from now. Um, and I'm you're seeing this more and more with students that 
do some stupid things on social media and then they go for a job interview and their employer looks back in their social media history and is like, nah, I don't think I'm going to hire you because yeah. of something you did when you were 15 or 16 or 18. Which is so funny because I feel like that used to be such a big deal back then. Like, make sure you watch what you post on Facebook. And now, like, people just post anything and they don't care and they don't think it'll have consequences. Right. Yeah, for sure. And they do. Um, another another lie is that you can multitask on screens. Um, and so it's pretty common for uh, students to be staring at their phone while they're watching TV, while they're trying to do homework, like multitasking, using lots of screens. Um, but what what they found is that, first of all, you can't multitask. But second of all, even if they're doing homework with their phone by them, every time their phone buzzes, they get a text or a notification and they check their phone, research is showing that if they're doing deep thinking, so in other words, they're like doing something that is important, like writing a paper, studying for a test, every time their phone goes off, it's going to take them between two and five minutes to get back to a deep thinking state. Wow. And so even just helping them realize that if they're if they're glued to their phone and they got to check their phone every time it dings, that some a paper that should take them two hours is probably going to take them more like four because every time they check their phone, they're losing not just the time it's taking them to check their phone, but they're losing another two to five minutes to refocus and get back to that deep thinking state. Yeah. So um, and then one, one last lie is uh, that that is important to make sure your students are aware of is that they can send uh, pics and and they're gone. So um, Snapchat kind of made this uh, made this a big deal where you could just send a pic and it disappeared forever. But more and more students are realizing and finding out the hard way that no no picture is ever really gone. Screenshots. Uh, yeah, screenshots. And so just being aware that uh, taking an inappropriate picture or even just a picture you don't really want a ton of people to see. Um, sending it is a really bad idea. Yeah. And so helping them realize that, um, having conversations with them about that. Uh, if you want some ammo to share with them, just Google. Uh, mm-hmm. There are a ton of, of unfortunate stories where students found out the hard way um, yeah. that a pic wasn't really gone after they sent it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, moving on. So this is a really, really practical tool that we want to give you guys and it is to have an open phone policy. And so we just really want to encourage you as parents and empower you as parents, because I think a lot of times we we can feel like, okay, like we gave our, our students a phone, it's their property now, they get to decide what we, they wanna do with it. But the truth is, you guys are still the parents. And so until they are out of the house, realistically, first of all, you're paying for the thing. <laughs> so yes. um, it's technically your property and it's up to you to help them navigate this powerful tool that they have in their hands. And so because students are still under our wings in this season of their life, it is up to us to help them navigate it in a healthy way. And we believe that having an open phone policy is one of the best ways to do that. And what we mean by that is you get to check their phone at any time and you get to look through anything like nothing is off limits yes and uh, there are gonna be so many students who are not gonna like that oh no they're, they're not <laughs> but it because it, it's a high level of accountability yep. and it really helps protect them and it honestly gives them an out because a lot of times what happens is you know their friends will text them stuff that's you know not appropriate or whatever 
or that's just not healthy. And that you they have the opportunity there to say, hey, probably don't send me that stuff. My parents check my phone. And so they get to put the blame on the parents. And it helps set them up for success um, because the reality is, you know, parents, you know, if we just give them phones and we don't hold them accountable, we're just we're opening up to the possibility of really – um, you know, setting them up for a not so great situation. Yeah, yeah. Even the best kid, because I because parents will push back and be like, "Well, I trust my kid," and I get that. But you think about any anything in life that's important, you have someone you're probably accountable to. Yeah. Whether you're in a job situation, um, you know, in life, we're all accountable to someone for for the things we do. Um, and so when it comes to a student and a smartphone, you're doing them a favor by by holding them accountable, checking their phone. Um, again, it's it's yeah. not necessarily about trust. It's just about helping them grow um, and provide providing, like you said, that layer of protection for them when it comes to their friends. Yeah, and that includes checking texts, social media, internet history, you know, photos. And I'm gonna be honest, students can delete texts. They can delete photos permanently. So obviously, like if they're really trying to hide something, they can probably do it. But when they have that extra layer of protection, it can prevent some of that stuff for sure. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And obviously, every parent-child relationship is unique. So, um, you know, you don't want to – you want to make sure they understand that it's not that you're trying to just man- micromanage every detail of their lives and, yeah. and be this helicopter parent, um, but rather that you're you're just wanting to make sure that they're using it um, well, that mm-hmm. they're stewarding the gift of a smartphone because it is – it's a privilege, not a right. Um, they're doing it well. Yeah, love that. Yeah. What's next? That's good. Um, so set boundaries is our next thought for you. And what we mean by that is um, it's not a great idea to constantly have a smartphone by you. Um, all, all the research is showing that uh, our brain needs breaks, need breaks from our smartphones. And so, and this is where I was convicted um, when I was doing the research for this. Um, set some boundaries, set some, set some moments in the day, set some places in your house where, where smartphones don't go. Yeah. Um, so for example, we, I, we, all the research highly encourages that smartphones stay out of bedrooms. Yes. Um, for multiple reasons. Uh, first off, uh, that is a huge help when it comes to pornography, keeping screens out of bedrooms, um, is one layer of protection for your son or daughter. Um, more than that, it helps, it helps, uh, students get better sleep. Yeah, Uh, because they're not staring at their phone the last thing before they go to bed. Um, They're not checking it if it dings as they're about to fall asleep. And so um, there's been a lot of research tied to students that don't bring their phone into their room or get better sleep at night. And people Uh, in general. Yeah, people in general. (laughs) And it it actually helps their mental health. There's been a lot of ties to actually students who keep their phone out of the bedroom have better mental health, which is pretty interesting. Um, and so not only uh, bedrooms, but think about other places where you can make them technology-free zones. Um, so maybe it's times of the day where maybe at night you're like, hey, let's all put our smartphones away. Let's play a board game. Let's watch TV as a family. Let's go outside for a walk. Um, maybe the car. Um, a lot of research is showing that some of the best conversations you can have with your child can happen in the car because you're both looking uh, forward. You're not mm-hmm. making eye contact. Sometimes students get a little intimidated with parent eye contact. And so when you're both driving, looking forward, um, that can be a great opportunity to have some meaningful conversations if the phones are put away and mm-hmm. you're both focusing on 
each other. Yeah. Um, I know some families that have a phone bowl. Instead of a fish bowl, it's a phone bowl. And basically everyone in the family puts their phone in the bowl. It's usually like in the kitchen when they get home. And, you know, if they want to check it or something, that's fine. But they check it and they put it back into the phone bowl. Yeah. Because, uh, again, when you're bored, if you have your phone on you, what happens is you just pull it out out of reflex, out of habit. Yeah. Um, and that that's not a great habit. No. And so that was where I was convicted because I sometimes I have my phone with me as I walk around the house. And so um, trying to develop that healthier habit of, of being intentional, just being intentional when you do pull out your phone um, and not using it just because you're bored. Yeah. So again, just finding the boundaries that work for your family um, and modeling healthy boundaries as a parent, but also encouraging your child. Um, one of the most interesting things that I read recently um, about the reason to create boundaries and not have a phone at the beck and call is that it takes two to three minutes of boredom for the creative mind to set in. Hmm. And so if we're allowing our children to constantly pull out their phone the second they're bored, um, they're not using that creative muscle in their brain. Hmm. And um, I know we all want children that are, they grow up to be creative and use their gifts for God in whatever way he calls them to be. And so one way we can help them is by letting them feel be bored um, and developing that creative muscle in their mind and not using their smartphone every second that they're bored. Yeah, that's so good. Um, the next thing, topic we want to jump into um, is that is, you know, we can't really talk about screens without talking about pornography because they kind of go hand in hand at this point yeah. in time. Um, in fact, one in five smartphone searches are for pornography. Which is crazy. Yeah. I mean, 20%. Yeah, that's... It's so sad. That is that sad. Yeah. And it makes up... Pornography makes up 30% of internet traffic. Again, that's crazy. I know. Yeah. Yeah, it really, really tugs at my heart. Um, we all know that pornography, you know, isn't really good for us. Um, but we have found a lot of information on studies that have been done on how it affects the mindsets of the generation that is um, consuming that. So um, some of the long, long-term effects of porn um, are that it rewires the brain and can cause real sex to become less enjoyable, which is... Definitely something that affects marriages, obviously. Um, Porn is also highly addictive. It gives shots of dopamine, causing the user to come back for more, and eventually the user needs to see more and more, you know, porn that gets deeper and a little bit more dark and aggressive, and they need to get that same shot of dopamine that they did when they, you know, first started using it. Yeah. It also can cause boys to see women as objects, which is obviously not good. Um, it fuels loneliness, it ru- ruins relationships, and it's been linked to unhappy marriages. And it's also a cause for divorces in some cases as well. Um, and lastly, porn is linked to sex trafficking. In fact, there is a good amount of porn out there where the people being recorded are being recorded against their will, which is so heartbreaking. Yeah, yeah. And so again, most of us would probably agree that, that porn is not a good thing, but there's just so much, like you said, there's a lot of data now just so, showing what it's doing to our young people. Mm-hmm. Um, but here's the good news um, when it comes to uh, what you can do as a parent. They found that teens whose parents talk to them about porn um, and and share their observations about the negative effects of porn were less likely to search for it. So just by having conversations about it, I know it's uncomfortable. No, no parent is like, wow, can't wait to have the pornography talk today. <laughs> but um, the more that we just talk about pornography um, 
and have those conversations with our students and not a one-time conversation, but just a normal um, ongoing. ongoing conversation. Uh, the more we do that, the more likely it is that our teens are going to develop healthy habits. Yeah. Um, there are lots of filters out there that can be helpful. Um, but filters are usually good in keeping a, a younger child from stumbling on porn accidentally, which does happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, but don't use filters as your main line of defense as yeah. a child gets older because children, students can work around filters. Yep. Um, and so, again, that's why conversations are so important. The filters can yeah. be a great start um, to keep children from stumbling upon pornography accidentally, which happens more than, than, we, than you'd want to think. Yeah. Um, but don't use those filters as your main line of defense. Um, use conversations as one of the, the best lines. And then, again, like we said, just set some boundaries. Um, we highly recommend keeping screens in public areas. Um, so no smartphones, no iPads, no TVs in bedrooms yeah. or private areas. That's probably the biggest one, honestly. Yeah. And again, fighting for that relationship where they come and talk to you. Um, the latest research research shows that 62% of teenagers have received a nude pic from a friend, which is yeah. a crazy stat, right? Three out of every five. Yeah. Um, and 40% have sent one. So two out of every five teenagers have sent an inappropriate picture to a friend. Oh, my gosh. Um, and so, again, just having those conversations uh, with your child, um, being aware that it can happen it may happen but trying to have those open lines of dialogue with your with your child with your student so important yeah uh, the more conversations that you can have the better yeah uh, with just that constant dialogue um and again just fighting for the heart and realizing there are lots of resources out there if you feel like your child is addicted to porn or struggling with that um the good news is there's a lot of great resources out there um, and so reach out to us if you, if you want specific, uh, resources, we can maybe try to include one, mm-hmm. um, in the show notes, but there are resources too, to help if you feel like your child does have a pornography addiction. Yes. Love that. Such good information. Um, and we're going to be wrapping up here. So Pastor John, do you have any closing thoughts for parents on this topic? Yeah. Uh, you know, I was listening to a podcast recently on technology. Um, actually it was a message by John Mark Comer and he said something that was interesting. He said, attention is the doorway to your soul. Wow. Yeah. And I was just thinking about that and, and how, you know, our, um, our young people, the smartphone has, is just pulling at their attention um, in good ways and bad ways. And so I think as parents, we have an opportunity to, to help them think through um, and be careful about what gets their attention. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, it can be good things and bad things with the smartphone, but just being aware of what is getting their attention because, again, attention is the doorway to their soul. Yeah. Uh, I thought that was really good. And yeah. so I um, just want to just encourage parents to continue to lead by example, um, continue to have conversations, f- fighting for the relationship, fighting for the heart. Yep. Um, keep learning. Again, we'll try to link uh, some, some more uh, things that you can look up in the show notes if you want to continue – um, learning more about this topic. Um, and just know that no family's perfect. So, um, you know, if you feel like, you know, you're struggling in this area, there's there's no guilt. Uh, don't I hope you don't feel guilt, but hope you hopefully you are encouraged that we're all in this together. We're all learning. Uh, we all care about our students. And um, at the end of the day, 
um, you know, God can work through us to sometimes despite our mistakes. Yes. And so be encouraged. And if there's anything that you need from us, please don't hesitate to reach out to us. Yes, absolutely. Thank you, parents, for listening to this episode. Again, we just hope that this has encouraged you, has informed you, and equipped you. So we will link all of our contact information and our recommendations as far as resources in the show notes below. So be sure to check that out. And again, reach out to us if you have any questions at all. And we will see you in the next episode. Thanks for listening to this Northbrook Next Gen podcast. Be sure to check the show notes for relevant info and check back for more podcasts coming soon.